Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast. Sponsored by Mars Bar, chocolatey snack of choice on the 1980 Iron Maiden tour. On these podcasts, I'm looking at the songs of Iron Maiden and their impact on me when I was growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I'm also looking at the songs from an adult perspective, so that's me now. On this week's show, I'm looking at the song Purgatory, which is track 9 on the Killers album. Last week, I looked at Prodigal Son, and I had several comments about the show and what was discussed. You may know that there's this man called Uncle Steve, who's got a podcast, and he sometimes comments on my podcast. Now, he was concerned that in Denny Stratton's messages, he's not mentioning the fact that he is included in Adrian Smith's children's book. Now, I don't know much about what Dennis Stratton takes in from the show, but he did mention about the the confession from Paul Diano about the Mars bars at the Drill Hall in Lincoln. So Dennis Stratton must listen to some other show. So he must be aware that he's being used in Adrian Smith's book. So it's, it's a good point. Uh, I'm not sure why he hasn't mentioned this. I also had a message about Dennis Stratton from Craig Gannon. And he said that he tried to do a pie island, which was something that Dennis Stratton mentioned in his message where you put a pie in the middle of a plate and then you sort of surround it with baked beans. Now, Craig Gannon said that he found that the gravy within the pie tainted the bean sauce. I suppose this is quite a fair point, but not the sort of level of feedback I'd like from a show about Iron Maiden, people talking about the fillings of pies. He goes on to say that he'd like to know the overall diameter of the pie that's used in Dennis Stratton's dish. Um, and he'd also like to know the girth of the ring of beans that surround the pie. I think he wants to get the portions right. And he actually then says, can you ask Dennis this, please? Now, I'm not sure if people listen to the show properly. Uh, I get quite concerned when I get feedback like this. Because last week, I talked about Prodigal Son, the lyrics, the theme, the sound of it. And I get comments on beans and pies. Now... Yeah, I could ask Dennis this, but you may be aware that I've actually got an Ask Paul Diano hashtag at the moment where I'm doing a show just about Paul Diano in about three weeks. Dennis Stratton isn't someone I speak to. He just sends me messages. I don't actually have direct communication with him. Um, But maybe he's listening to this section and maybe he's getting as frustrated as I am with it. Um, But yeah, we'll see. Uh, So anyway, I've I've mentioned your feedback, which is all I can do really. Um, But... uh, if anyone ever wants to comment about the songs and my thoughts on those, I'd be grateful. But I suppose at least people are commenting on something. Now, Purgatory, that's the song I'm looking at in this show. And when I look at the track list for the album, I can never remember how this song goes until it starts playing. I can look at the others and I say, oh yeah, that the Ides of March, that's that instrumental that I used to play on the guitar at a Tupperware party. Wrathchild's really well-known, Killers, Another Life, I can remember that. But Purgatory... I just don't, it doesn't stand out, really. I think it might be because the title isn't mentioned in the song, uh, which makes it harder. Although you could probably say that about a lot of the songs on the Killers album. In fact, I did a list here, and uh, only three songs out of the ten do have the title as a lyric on the Killers album. Now that's good, that's 30%, I can work that out. Now I decided I'd go and look at what the percentage was on the debut album, and I found that out of the eight songs... Five of them have the title mentioned in the lyrics. So this is five out of eight, which isn't easy to work out, like three out of ten is in a percentage. So five out of eight, that's um, 
more, more than more than 50%. I might do some further analysis on this and draw some graphs. I don't think people have done this with Iron Maiden before. Now, like a lot of Iron Maiden songs when I was a boy, and you've probably noticed this in my podcasts, I had to look up some words in the dictionary, and Purgatory, the title, was one of those words. And I found out that it's actually a place, a state of suffering for sinners who are being cleansed of their sin before going to heaven. I suppose this word comes from the purging of the sins, purgatory. So even though it's a place, it isn't a town or a city. It's like something beyond our understanding. Like Hogwarts. Even though I said I couldn't remember it, when I I do hear it, I feel it's a decent song. It's quite a frantic pace. There's plenty of screams and wails. And if you did an analysis on the syllables per second count from Paul Diano, I think you'd be quite impressed with the results. I also noticed Clive's drums more in this song. Um, in the chorus, they, they're particularly noticeable. And I, I believe that he could have perhaps toned it down to, to sort of give it more of a, uh, a change, but it, it keeps the tempo going and it, it just adds to all that energy, really. It's not fast all the way through. There, do, there is that sort of brief pause bit um, before the please take me away section. The lyrics talk about thinking about the past and the experiences or fantasies that have been lived. And perhaps these are the sins that the protagonist is trying to purge just before he begs, please take me away. Or maybe these memories of the past and this another time, another place within the lyrics relates to Paul Diano's time travelling. Maybe his take me away is a plea to the pixie that gave him the time machine and a request to release him from the pressures and perhaps shackles of this responsibility or power. Now I mentioned Paul Diano there. And luckily, I got to meet him again recently. There's been more of an easing of restrictions with this lockdown, so there's more choice, and I can meet him again in his favourite cafe. So here's a snippet of what we spoke about. Oh, I'm glad to be back here, Wayne. I really miss this cafe. Yeah, this cake, oh, look, it's, like, it's wonderful, isn't it? Surely you could go and, and experience this cake in the future, if, if you like it so much. Well, well, yeah, it's true, but, you know, I, I don't like to sit in a cafe on my own. I've got more important things to do than my time travelling than eat cake. But when I meet with you, obviously, it's convenient. So, are you, so you're clearly enjoying that cake? Yeah, yeah, obviously I am, yeah. If you felt sick because you ate this cake too fast and then you miraculously fixed your time machine and went back to 1981, would the cake still exist in your tummy? Because it wouldn't have been baked yet, would it? Well, I mean, if you've got a question for me, you've got the Ask Paul Diano slot, haven't you? So uh, if you want to ask it then, uh, I can, we can deal with it then, can't we? I mean, I can't claim to know everything, Wayne. I'm not here to sort of write theories and help mankind out. I just want to sort myself out financially and get back to live my life as it should be. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because some people have expressed concern that you've not been on the show much lately and you might not be around to answer these questions for, for my Paul Diano special. So are, are you still going to be doing this? Well, yeah, yeah, I know I know the schedule, Wayne. I mean, if you think about it, I've obviously heard the questions and that show uh, when I was in the future. And, and I actually, yeah, I heard my initial answers to some of those questions. And in hindsight, I'm not happy with some of them. So when we meet to do it soon, I might have to change some of the answers that I originally gave, if that's OK. OK, well, I suppose I, I will, I'll never get to hear those, will I, if you, if you change the time? We well, yeah, don't worry about it then, Wayne. I mean, 
if, if I change the answers for the better, it's only going to help your podcast, isn't it? So it'll improve the ratings. Okay, well, are, are any questions off limits when we come to do it? Nah, nah, you, that's what you like, I don't mind. Um, just ask me. I won't say no. How could I? I notice you're on the episode Purgatory at the moment. I mean, that's how I feel, really. You can probably imagine you know, trapped in some world where I think about my mistakes in the past. And obviously, my biggest mistake was smashing the number nine key off my time machine. And if I can fix that, then I'll have purged my problem and uh, I'll be back in my heaven, which is 1981. <laughs> Do you like how I link that to the song? Oh, yeah, it's good, though. Yeah. I, I suppose it, yeah, makes sense. Wait until you hear what I've got to say about Drifter. What, that you're like a drifter in time? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I suppose that's ruined it now. Traditionally, it's said that Steve Harris wrote most of the songs on the Killers album. Now, when I checked online to make sure that I had the lyrics right to do this show, I noticed that they were credited to somebody called Thomas Ross Hopkins. Now, I checked several other lyric sites, and his name was there again. You check it. I'm aware that people often laugh off my claims, thinking this show is a comedy and assume it's all a joke, but it isn't. Who is this Thomas Ross Hopkins? I couldn't find anything about him. I thought maybe he was in the band early on, because obviously they had lots of members before my show begins, you know, before Prowler, before the Iron Maiden album. They had quite a lot of lineup changes with random characters that, that came and went. But no, nobody with that name. Um, I looked on Google, no, nothing. Although it's not just one or two lyric websites. I saw him on Lyric Find, Lyrics 007, Lyrics On Demand, Lyrics.com. He's even credited on Pandora and Last FM, and they're quite credible. I mean, the lyric sites, anybody could have set them up. But Pandora and Last FM, I believe, have got some weight. So I don't understand this, and I don't, I can't find any information about this person. I've even looked up Tom Hopkins, Tommy Hopkins, Tommy Hoppo Hopkins, all of these things, just in case he's got another name online. I found some people with that name on some social media sites, but uh, I didn't like to sort of question them because some of them probably weren't old enough or some of them looked quite tough and I didn't want to cause an argument or have a fight. Perhaps he owns the rights to the song, I don't know, but I can't find any information about it. So if you know anything about Thomas Ross Hopkins or maybe you've got a friend with that name, who may have wrote the lyrics to Purgatory, tell them to get in touch with me. We can solve this mystery. The song Purgatory was also released as a single, and sadly, it was the worst performing single of Iron Maiden to date. And in fact, it's their worst position ever in the UK. It got to number 52. Now, this might be because it was released in June 1981, which was four months after the Killers album, so fans had already heard this. And, and the B-side was Genghis Khan, which was also on the album, so I suppose there was no real incentive to buy this single, unless you wanted to add to your collection of Derek Riggs sleeves. The artwork on the sleeve is quite different from those we've seen so far. There's no yellow on it, for a start. You may remember all the others have had black and yellow on it, and then there's no lampposts or uh, cloudy moonlit skies. There's no bins that are full. It's just a black background with a face on it, and this face is half Eddie and half Devil. Now I suppose this makes sense in light of the title of the song, except it's Eddie instead of half a person. I quite like this artwork as a boy, but I think most would probably not rate it as one of their best covers from the 80s. Famously, 
The cover that Derek Riggs had planned for Purgatory was the one that became the Number of the Beast album cover. And the band liked this so much that they said save it for later. I feel that what a waste this would have been if they'd used that artwork, that famous artwork, on a, on a single that couldn't even get in the top 50. And, and I wonder, looking at the artwork for Purgatory, maybe there's less detail on this, because Derek Riggs was told last minute to come up with something else. Now, I'm sure Derek Riggs wasn't bothered and probably reacted well, probably laughed when he was told this. Yeah. We, we, yeah, can you do this by tomorrow, please? He probably just laughed, didn't he, and came up with this. So, yeah, it's not a bad it's not a bad sleeve. You'll be pleased to know Adrian Smith back with a chapter from his book, and here he is. Hi, I'm Adrian Smith, and here's another extract from the children's book I'm currently writing. Chapter 7, The Prisoner. Adrian's eyes adjusted to the darkness. He found he was in a small square room, with Dennis Stratton looking at him. There were no windows, and only a small bit of light came through the outline of a door and its small keyhole. Old Mrs. Stratton must have taken them both captive and brought them here. But why? What is happening? he whispered. I don't know, said Dennis Stratton. Adrian was surprised at this noise. He hadn't heard Dennis's voice before. Normally he was silent, apart from when he sang backup vocals in the school choir. Adrian had replaced Dennis with the main parts, which had meant that they had found it hard to be friends. Dennis continued with his story. I went to bed on Tuesday, and then I woke up here. Adrian noticed that Dennis was wearing pyjamas. He may not have washed since then, or even eaten. I wonder where we are, Adrian said. He tried to look through the keyhole. He could see that the door led to another room, but he couldn't see much else. Suddenly, he heard movement, and saw old Mrs. Stratton approaching the door. Dennis crept back in fear as a small hatch opened and a tray was pushed through. There were two pies on two plates and a jug of water. Old Mrs. Stratton didn't say a word from the other side and just walked off. I don't know who it is who is keeping us here, said Dennis. They don't even give us baked beans with our pie. Adrian wondered whether to tell Dennis that it was his own mother who had kidnapped him, but he thought he would wait. As Adrian finished his pie, his leg touched something. It was his fishing rod. What a stroke of luck! Old Mrs. Stratton hadn't taken it from him, and now he could use its magic to escape. He looked through the keyhole. Perhaps he could thread the line through it, and maybe it could find the key to the door. Adrian looked sullen. The keys were probably among old Mrs. Stratton's petticoats, rather than left in plain view. Suddenly he heard a yelp. Dennis was in the far corner, holding his finger. I just caught my finger on this, he said. Adrian went and looked. There seemed to be a nail sticking out of the wall. The surface on this wall was smoother than the rest of the chamber, and the nail had been hammered in from the other side. Adrian felt around the area and found a thin gap stretching upwards. A secret door, perhaps. But the handle must also be on the other side. Now it was time to use his fishing rod. He managed to get the line through the gap, and with a twist and a pull and a hooray and hurrah, Adrian connected and felt the handle move downward and the door opened in on the chamber. They moved forward to examine this new room. It looked like they were inside a wardrobe and had entered through a back panel. There were several pairs of trousers hanging on a rail, red leather ones, black and white striped lycra, 
all sorts of strange garments. How curious, said Adrian. Wait, he suddenly shouted. Dennis was about to open the door of the wardrobe into some new strange world. Adrian carefully closed the panel that he had opened. Now, if old Mrs. Stratton returned, she would get a nasty shock to find that they'd escaped, and she wouldn't be able to follow them. Right, now we can go, said Adrian, and together they opened the wardrobe door. Now it's time for Dave Morey Fact of the Week. Hello. Dave Morey is a keen golfer, but the only albatross he has seen is the one mentioned in Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. (laughs) That was a joke that I made up. And if you did tune in thinking that this was a comedy podcast, which it may say it is on some places, I'm sorry that you've had to wait over ten minutes to have a chuckle like that. Join me next week for another Dave Morey Fact of the Week. Right, I'm going to ring up Trevor now. Um, I don't know how he's been getting on. Uh, People can start going out a bit more, so hopefully he's been able to to get out and about. Uh, Not staying in. I've not seen him in his garden. Not that I've been watching uh, much, but uh, I'll give him a call now. Hi, Wayne. Hello, Trevor. How are you doing? Yeah, not so bad. It's been uh, nice weather over the weekend and... uh... Went to the park and ran around for a bit, played with my ball, and I found some nice sticks, so uh, that was good. Some sticks? Yeah, you know, like after trees. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, What did you do with them? I just walked around, threw them up and down a bit, Um, yeah. Okay, this week I'm looking at the song Purgatory. How do you feel about that song? I really like it. It's it's fast, isn't it? It's got good energy, good vibe. I think I say that about a lot of songs. Um, maybe looking back but um, what is interesting is that purgatory itself is quite a fascinating subject for me is it yeah yeah i mean if you, it, it's got a really good history in, in art form um you know like the limbo that's described in the first circle of dante's inferno um you know you probably know that purgatorio is the follow-up to that and, and it's all about this thing isn't it this purgatory Right, okay. Um, I don't know this, actually. Ah, right, well, yeah, it's part of the Divine Comedy series by Dante. Is it a comedy? Not really. Oh, right, yeah. So this sort of thing's been happening throughout history, this labelling of comedies. Well, maybe, Wayne, but uh, yeah, in this, anyway, Purgatory's seen as a mountain. Oh, right, so it's like a place. Well, no, not really. It's symbolic, so uh, it's got seven sections which you climb... Um, and they all have different levels of suffering, like in the Inferno. And it, they're actually part of the seven deadly sins, which we'll obviously be talking about in around episode 68 when we look at the Seventh Son album. OK, well, that's jumping forward a bit, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, so interesting how it all links together, perhaps. That, that's good, Purgatory and, and the Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah, I think that Steve Harris has done what T.S. Eliot has done before him, brought classical poetry into the 20th century. And particularly in London, like in Eliot's The Wasteland. Well, okay. Uh, I'm sure some people might be interested in this, um, but I I feel that we've gone off on a tangent. I mean, you're talking about finding some sticks, and now we're talking about quite highbrow literature, which I feel may alienate some people. Uh, So if you could perhaps talk about uh, the song again. Yeah, well, as I say, it's a great song. I like running around the garden to it. In fact, it's the best penultimate song of any Iron Maiden album until Power Slave. 
So probably this, in fact, yeah, I'd say it's the second best penultimate song of the 1980s albums. And that's a topic you don't hear discussed much. Everyone goes on about the best opening tracks or the best epic closers. But I feel that the penultimate track's very important. Often it can sort of change the mood ready for that epic closer or, you know, just be a good song in itself. Yeah, okay. Well, I feel like you've you've said quite a lot on this. So should we skip to your poem? Um, Purgatory, obviously a, a passionate subject then for you. Uh, maybe you've... Uh, I mean, I doubt you've done anything as uh, good as this Dante dentist. Dante, right. No. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, if you could read your poem. Right, here it is. I lie naked on a stage, trapped between green trees and dark rocks. People come and go, but I am in limbo. I cannot join them. I cannot speak to them, for they cannot see me. Okay, is that it? Yeah, that's it, Wayne. So that's uh, about being in a state, like purgatory then? Well, I suppose a little bit, but there's elements there of how I feel when I'm out in public, where people don't seem to see me. Although, unlike in this poem, I'm not naked in the street. Although, I think if I was naked, people would probably still not see me, as they'd just pretend, wouldn't they? Like, they'd just ignore me, pretend that it wasn't happening. Yeah, maybe. Um, I haven't really thought about it. But yeah, okay, well, again, it's it's good that you've taken the theme of the song, used it in your own life, and uh, hopefully, yeah, well, we've got one more, haven't we, uh, in the Killers album. We've got Drifter next week, which will be fun. And then, as I say, we can uh, maybe get together and talk about the, the album review show, which I know you were keen on being involved with. We can have a chat about that as well. Oh, great, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got some ideas. Well, okay, well, yeah, we'll discuss those ideas. Maybe yeah, keep them to yourself for now, and then we'll chat later when we're not recording. All right, okay, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Okay, well, that's Trevor um, adding his uh, angle to things. So, yeah, you can find me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Ko-Fi, uh, ko-fi.com forward slash wimp. I occasionally do extra posts there about the episodes and plans for the future, so check that out. I've had a tweet from someone called Mr Anagram, uh, and he says that Purgatory is an anagram of Group Tray. Uh, okay, so thank thank you for that. Yeah, so Purgatory, I mean, I did, I did put a poll up on Twitter about what's your favourite song on the Killers album, and I did this mainly to annoy Hawklord, because on a Twitter poll, you can only choose one option, and, and obviously he, he, he wouldn't have liked that. Um, I noticed anyway, the, the point of the poll uh, also was uh, that I noticed some people did vote for Purgatory as their favourite song. So based on that and other people's comments, I'd say that a lot of people would, would put this in their top five if they were ranking songs on the album. So next week, as I say, it's uh, Drifter, the final song on the Killers album. So that's very exciting. And then I've got the album review show and, of course, the Paul Diano special. So some great shows coming up soon before we then move on to the Number of the Beast, uh, which will be Series 3. So, yeah, oh, it's all flying by. It doesn't feel that long ago that I, I finished the last series. So uh, hope you're still enjoying it. Let me know. Make comments uh, about, well, anything, I suppose. I, I am grateful, even if you do comment on Dennis Stratton's pies and, and other strange things. Uh, but, yeah, I'll uh, see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.